Yo. Hello. What's up? No, uh, nothing. Nothing. Why are you being so aggressive? I'm just saying, what's up? <laughs> just asking a question. I'm just asking a question. I don't, I, I can't tilt my head. What's up? <laughs> Help. Please tell what? me what is up. What is up? I need to know. <laughs> oh. My spine is fused. I can't look up. Help. Oh. It's a big turtle shell. I can't turn. If What's I, up there? If I'd get on my back Help. to look up, I can't get back up. There's a really there's a there's a there's a part of there's a a scene or a line from Rocco's Modern Life I always remember. Someone said something that made Filbert the turtle mm-hmm. laugh so hard that they cut to him and he's 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 rolling on his back because he can't get up <laughs> and he's yeah. and he's 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 laughing. He's like, "Stop it! I'm gonna wet my shell." <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I've never forgotten. I was, gonna say, that. I was gonna say the idea of what's up made me think of. Um, the way have you ever have you seen this meme it's the way that michael keaton looks up in the bat suit <laughs> no <laughs> he has to tilt his whole back because he's like like in the in in the in the tim burton film yeah yeah there's a couple times where where batman has to look up but because he can't because like his neck his doesn't move stuff he has to bend his whole back he's like <laughs> 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 it's awful <laughs> It's hilarious. <laughs> All right. I want to uh, talk real quick tonight because this does somehow relate. I promise. And I'll keep it quick. But I want to tell people about Justified City Primeval. Okay, go. Now, just listen to me. I'm Deputy U.S. Marshal Raylene Givens, and I'm offering salvation. Talk to me. Come on, face to face. I am not opening this door. Then, as they say in the Bible, you're screwed. Remember Marshal, welcome to Detroit. Detective, meet Rayland Givens. What's up, Slim? This ought to be good. Got a task force with the Detroit PD. You've been special requested. I promised my kid we got a whole road trip planned back to Miami. Wasn't a question. This guy left a trail of shit from Oklahoma to Detroit. We ain't got cash, we got ourselves a problem. Manziel shows up, bad shit is in the air. Any information on this dude could help us. Clement Manziel is my client. He's a killer and he enjoys it. You do your job and I'll do mine. Hey, hey, there he is. How are you supposed to be in that hat? Travis trip. <laughs> You know, you did a great job. She's very sweet. Sweetheart, why don't you head upstairs? I see you near my daughter again. Pop you here. Not if I see you first. I ain't gonna sleep at night, this son of a bitch wins. I don't know what you think you're doing. You wanna play? Let's play. You want a shooting match? Let's go. All right. Justified City Primeval is like a continuation of the original. I've talked about how much I love Justified um, on this show. I've, I love that series. I think it's really great. And, uh, and at some point there was news like, Hey, we're going to make like a mini series sequel thing um, on FX. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it airs on Hulu also. And a lot of the same people are involved. It's not the same, like, 
main creative people. It's not like Graham Yost, who I believe was the showrunner for the original series, but you've got Michael Dinner, who's, who's has name on plenty of good shows. And it is based on an Elmore Leonard book, which is, you know, the, the man who wrote the Raylan Givens character and the book fire in the hole is the whole basis for the television show. Yeah. And so Timothy, Timothy Oliphant has returned. It's been like whatever, 15, so years, something like that. I think 15 years since this, since justified. Um, so he's older, he's living in Miami. Uh, he's still a marshal. He's got a teenage daughter. His teenage daughter here is played by his actual daughter. Um, where the hell's her name? Somewhere. Um, Vivian Oliphant plays okay. his actual daughter. Um, okay. Or she is his actual daughter playing his fictional, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, and she looks like him. It's weird. Okay. Um, and so you got a whole bunch of, a whole cast of people here. Uh, um, Ingenue, Ingenue Ellis, Vonnie Curtis Hall, uh, who's great. Yeah, you know that guy. You, you know which uh, actor I'm talking about. Do you know him by, think, by his I face? Think, uh, probably. Do you remember the reporter in uh, Daredevil? That's Vonnie yes. Curtis Hall. Okay, okay, um, yeah, yeah. He's in Chicago Hope, but he's been in so many things. It's it's almost like he's hiding in plain sight. Right, He's right. one of those actors. Um, Adelaide Clemens, Marin Ireland, Victor Williams, Norbert Leo Butts, and Boyd Holbrook is the main villain oh, here. Okay. And Boyd Holbrook is great. That dude's actually from Kentucky. Um, really? Like Raylan Givens. Okay. But uh, his character, Clement Manziel, is a criminal known as the Oklahoma Wild Man. So not the same Midwestern state. Uh, but close. Mm-hmm. So in this one, we're not in Kentucky. We're uh, we're in Detroit for this for this this eight episodes. And so Raylan is up there, essentially trying to help apprehend this guy, um, Clement Manziel, the Boyd Holbrook character. Stuff happens. There's a resolution. Story's not important for the purposes of this review. Um, so I'm interested in the show because I I love Justified and. I'm interested in, in this many people coming back and seeing continuation. I'm here for it. Um, so my wife couldn't watch the show past the first episode. And the reason was because God love her, Vivian Oliphant's voice <laughs> people. And I, I went on like, I went on Reddit, which mm. maybe you're going to find what you're looking for there. But sure. a lot of people were like, I can't stand the sound of her voice. She has like one of those wow. like, like high pitched baby talk kind of voices. Mm. And so it's just grading on the ears for some people. Mm. My problem was, I don't think she's expressive enough of an actress or this is her first role. So sure. a lot of people were angry that like, okay, she's obviously been cast because Timothy Oliphant's her dad. Yeah. Um, for me, it was just, I'm not getting a read on her emotional. Like I'm not, I don't, I can't tell what state the character's in because I'm not getting mm. enough of a. Emoting, I'm not getting enough from her performance. She'll sure. tell if she's mad, if she's, you know, like, yeah, whatever. So, um, but on the third episode, she gets put on a plane back to Miami and she leaves the show basically. Oh, great. So, um, but the show does get better as we go. It just doesn't feel like the modern day Western that made the original series so memorable, which is a, a huge draw. It, we're in Kentucky, we're marshals, we've got guns and badges and we're going over to hollers and we got people moonshine. We're all drink, we're drinking bourbon all the time. And yeah, you know, everyone's like, well, if it isn't Raylan Givens, it's just, right. it, it's, it's, it's true. God damn it. I love that show. Um, <laughs> so, um, but it doesn't feel like a modern day Western when we're in Detroit and mm. no one's a cowboy except Raylan Givens. Like yeah, his yeah, hat, yeah. his big cowboy hat was always like a big sight down in, in Harlan. He was the yeah. only person who dressed like that. 
but it was at least like, well, it's Kentucky, but in Detroit, it's just like, yeah, it's even weirder. Um, yeah, right, right. It's, it's, you know, um, but the, the, the exception to that feeling is the Boyd Holbrook, Clement Manziel character, because he feels like one of those loose cannon, like sociopaths mm. who would wander into a Western town. And that's basically what he is. He's, he's not from Detroit. He's just in town because they're trying to, to do a thing. And I'm um, just passing through. Right. And so like, yeah. and so Raylan Givens is passing through. So it is bookended by a Western feeling, but sure. the bulk of the show doesn't feel that way. It's it's ah. a little bit anachronistic in that sense. But he again, Raylan again finds himself in a situation where others are willing to cross like a line to get justice um, served. And he isn't. Um, hmm. He's learned that lesson. He's learned that that's not who he wants to be. Uh, and so it's not a bad book into the series as, as, sure. as a mini series. I just don't know that it's necessary. Like mm. if I were to today ask for justified as a gift, I'd just say, just give me the original series on Blu-ray. I don't need city primeval. Yeah. Like I, I, it's not, I don't consider it enough a part of the story of this character to, to need that. Sure. Um, the most important thing for me is it doesn't ruin the original series. It doesn't, introduce anything that contradicts anything. Um, and so it, and at worst it just doesn't have that much impact. It's just kind of unnecessary. Sure. So I wrote all that and then the, the ending actually happens. The second half Mm. of the finale happens. And then I was like jaw on the floor. I was like, what a cliffhanger. Ah. Um, and so I'm just the whole second half of the finale. I'm just smiling because it felt like the old show again. And Mm. I don't want to say why it just things happen and people show up and you're mm. like, oh. yeah. And then you're like, is wait, is there more? Is there going to be more? Yeah. And so if there's more, I'm there. Okay. Because if there's more, there's other things going on and characters involved where you're like, okay, I, I'd watch more. Yeah, and so my opinion right. could change of this series if more came out and proved substantive. Sure. sure. So... Justified City Primeval. If you liked the original series, check it out when you want to get around to it. By the time you're listening to this, it's been finished for a while. So mm-hmm. don't hurry out and see it, but um, there might be some stuff there for you. So sweet. The reason I say that relates mm-hmm. is that in the original series, we had a character named Loretta McCready, mm-hmm. played by Caitlin Dever. Ah, okay. Who is the star? Of tonight's film, no one will save you. Yes. getting that title messed up because i i did too i wrote an essay titled Hello. no one is coming to save you ah very yes. close to a title I, f- I i thought about for a while so every time sure. i was trying to google the show the movie i was like what the fuck it's called <laughs> right i kept you know, writing uh no one can save you no one you can when save I was you no one will yeah. save you no one's going yeah. to save you no one wants to save you <laughs> right right <laughs> couldn't figure it out all right. Um, so this and Justified City Prime Evil are both on Hulu, actually. That's another thing they share. They're both mm-hmm. made by the Fox uh, Fox subsidiaries, whether you got FX or now 20th Century Studios. Yep. Um, Dustin. Yes. Tell us about 
No One Will Save You. No One Will Save You um, is recently released, like you said, on Hulu. Uh, I believe it was released on September 22nd. So as of this recording, it's it's pretty pretty recent. Um, the story is pretty simple. It's the story of um, Bren, played by Caitlin Dever, who is uh, at her home and uh, aliens attack. And that's the story. Yep. Um, and and so, um, of course, there's, you know, some some added things in there. But but like, that's the story. And um, yeah, it, it's interesting because it is um, it's it's gray aliens, right? It's it's the what they call the grays, right? Yeah. They're they're your typical S- stereotypical. Alien. Yeah. Yeah. The big bug eyed looking yeah. slender chin. Skinny. Big head dude. Asexual. Yeah. Um, Thank God. Yeah, right. Although there's weird. some different, there's like some different looking ones in here too, sure. but like, uh, but, but they're the grays and, um, and I'm down for that. And yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Um, and then I think the film's like selling point or the thing that kind of makes it unique a little bit is that there's no dialogue in the film. Yeah, um, pretty much. It, yeah, not not much. Um, I read later that there's a few lines of dialogue, but I do not remember them. So I assume they existed in the beginning. It was in know. the middle. In uh, the middle. Okay. Yeah, she's having a um, she's having like a, a memory or an experience with uh, this person from her past, mm. uh, and uh, she's she's apologizing. She's saying I'm sorry. Oh yeah. I think the yeah, only yeah. words that are spoken are I'm sorry. Yeah, in that, the whole movie. that makes sense. Yeah. Spoiler um, alert. <laughs> Well, things that don't happen. Right. Um, But yeah, man, uh, for me, I gave this two and a half stars. I didn't hate it, but I also didn't love it. Um, And I don't really know that it's fine. I think it's a little less than fine. I think there are some things that really work against it, um, which are kind of its cliched um, story arc, like character arc for Bren. And then and then additionally, I think the lack of dialogue works against it. I think that there's a lot like you don't need dialogue, right? Like you don't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that at a certain point when you don't have it, you have to have a good reason to not have it. And I think that this film doesn't have a good reason to not have it. Um, and there's certainly plenty of times that a character in distress would just start talking. Um, right. and, and there are things that happen in the film between humans that I feel like it's weird that there's not dialogue. No speaking. Yeah. Like at a certain point, you just kind of have to suspend your disbelief, I guess. But for me, I found myself at least like halfway through the film, maybe, maybe three quarters of the way through the film thinking like, yeah, it's time to start talking now. It feels like, like the film's trying to break some kind of record for screen time without dialogue or something. Right. Like, humans would talk here, but we can accomplish the scene without them talking. Right. Exactly. So it feels and, forced. And it's weird because in movies so much, you feel like people you feel like a criticism is the dialogue feels forced. And sometimes here it's like, well, the lack of dialogue feels forced. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's true. But my, my thought is like, yeah, you just have to have a good reason because dialogue is so crucial to getting to know a character yeah. and getting to feel for a character. And I think part of why I didn't really connect with Bren as much as I could have is because I never heard her speak. Yeah. And you do like they do go through the effort of letting you know where she's at emotionally, where she's at mentally and in various you know ways that range from clever to, uh, you know, forced. But like they do 
put in the effort. But I think not hearing her voice, at least for me, was a way to keep a wall between myself and that character. And um, and I think that worked against the film. So for me, like two and a half stars, but it's not bad. And like, I don't guess it's a terrible way to spend uh, some of your time. But I do think that the film would have been better in a few key areas, had a few key areas been changed. I only heard random recommendations of the movie. Um, and I recognized Caitlin Deaver from Justified. And so I was like, yeah. all right, that's probably enough. And then I... Well, what, truthfully, what pushed me over the edge was I was creeping on Letterboxd and I saw you'd seen it. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. I'll, I'm, I'm sort of thinking about watching this. Let me go ahead and watch yeah, it yeah. and we can, we can yep. talk about it. Yep. Um, and um, and she, her performance on Justified isn't that strong, mm. but she's younger. That was a long time ago. So I was like, yeah. I like this actress. I just don't know. And her performance in this movie is a lot better than it was in Justified. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so, you know, one main reason to see it is you know, it's a good performance from our, from our lead. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I'm into it on, I'm, I was into the movie on a visceral level. Um, you know, but I, there's a part, there's a point where I don't feel like she's properly outmatched by them. I was thinking that like yeah. in the first, yeah. almost to the midpoint, I was like, oh, she's doing a little too well, yeah. you know? Yep. Uh, and then the third act happens and there's all this body horror and she's, you know, she keeps like, not getting away basically yeah uh, you know the situation becomes more and more clear that like there's strong opposition to her um yeah. you know and the music gets really great in the third act too so yeah. i'm a little bit more immersed and you know stuff crazier shit starts happening mm-hmm. um and then we get to the ending which is it's just one of those endings where it makes you kind of feel like all right well face value this is kind of stupid yeah, like that's sure. what I feel like. Like to, for me, the the movie has cool elements, but it doesn't come together into something mm-hmm. for me. There's no sure. takeaway for me. Like a lot yeah. of the reviews on Letterboxd were like, "Oh, it's another horror movie about trauma," you yeah. know. And people were kind of sick of horror movies exploring this thing. Um, and for me, it's it's not that it's about trauma. It just doesn't seem for me that it that it comes together to make any kind of point. Um, or arrive anywhere like to me if there is to be layered meaning here then it's not um very well executed but i mean we can we can go into spoilers talk about the actual ending but for the purposes of people who have not seen it um i don't know you're as you say dustin your mileage will vary it just how much do you like alien movies how much do you like it's not very scary no. So like if you like horror movies, this isn't really a horror movie. It's yeah. like a thriller. Yeah. It's like what it's pretty much someone sat down and was like aliens invade and home invasion stuff. Yeah. So let's instead of people or demons home invading, let's make it aliens home invading, but it's not an action movie, it's a horror movie. Let's make aliens scary, but aliens themselves aren't that scary, so you know, what they do yeah. is they show very soon in the movie what the aliens look like. And, you know, so there's no there's no mystery or whatever. It's more yeah. just like you're not quite sure what they can do. Yeah. And then weirder looking ones show up and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you yeah. know, um, I don't know. Um, yeah. But it was the ending I had I had issue with. I was kind of with it in third act. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what I would rate it, but I, I'm not quite sure that I would recommend it to the average person. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah totally. I don't know. I, I think ultimately it's just a little forgettable. 
Sure. Um, and, and I think that that kind of works against it as well, at least for me in terms of recommending it. It's like, I guess, you know, it's fine to spend your time with it, but it's background noise yeah. and it's not, it's not going to be one you're going to revisit. And you probably like five years from now are going to be like, I know I saw that, but what, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. Some people were saying this would have done really well in a theater. Mm. Like it's kind of stupid that they just put it out on Hulu because sure. Yeah. Like we loved prey, right? Yes. Yes. Prey was great. Yep. But I think we agree. Prey would have done very well in theaters too. Yep. Yep. I think the only reason it wasn't put out was like COVID or something maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But prey would have done really well in theaters too. Yep. Um, and I think that this, would have benefited from that because you'd have sure. people screaming and oh, you just, you'd have the crowd experience kind of pushing this along a little bit, I think yep. and building a little bit more of a um, critical uh, approval maybe. Yes. Yeah. You know, sure. yep. I don't know. Well, yeah, let's jump into spoilers. So at the end of the movie, she's just kind of let go by the aliens because they read her mind and see that she killed her friend when they were kids and they're like, oh shit, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and so she now is allowed to like thrive socially yeah. in this town full of possessed neighbors. Yeah. Um, who dance and don't have jobs anymore or whatever. And in a world that is supposedly now governed by aliens and flying saucers. Yeah. But she gets to stay herself and not be possessed because I guess her life is bad enough already. Right. Um I guess they feel bad for her. Yeah, I, th- that's the thing. Like the takeaway really is, unless I'm, I always, I hate to do it. I, I do this thing where I'm like, unless I'm completely stupid, you know, uh-huh. but it really is like, no, I'm not stupid. They're not, they're not communicating a message to me. Yes. So I am left with the face value retelling of events, which is they read her mind. Yep. They look at this childhood trauma and then they literally like look up at each other. Like they, they literally have two aliens look at each other and like make a face. Like, and if the alien, the aliens, it would have been hilarious if the only bit of dialogue in the movie was a, a, a Graylian just going, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, they yeah. ask like the mother, you know, like the, the roof. I don't even know what it yeah. is. They ask yeah. the roof of their ship. Hey, what do we do? Yeah. And it's like, it, it, whatever I can't remember the syllables it says, but they repeat yeah. it. It's, it's it's almost funny because it's like it's like mean be, and they're like mean be, and they look down at her. They're like mean be, and then they let her go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I don't know what to make of that. Do do you do you have a different reaction for me? No, I also don't know what to make of it. I mean, I guess the idea is they felt sorry for her or. Whatever, and I guess the takeaway, if if you extend the analogy, is I guess if if you're traumatized enough, you'll be fine. I guess yeah. I don't know. No, it's almost like your trauma is good because these people who don't have trauma, they're yeah. they're zombies now. Yeah, right. They don't get to live anymore. They're just right. our puppets. Your trauma is your superpower. I don't know. Like, what was it's, their plan? Like, th- th- these people exist to just solely validate her now, basically. If you're an alien, it's like, well, we were going to take your people, possess them, and then leave. Yeah. But because you had such a terrible childhood, um, we're going to stay. We're going to change our whole plan <laughs> and stay well, and live also, here. Uh, here. Here's the other thing. When it comes to, like, alien invasion movies, 
on a large, like, we don't know how big this is. Is it one city? Is it contained to the whole world? We don't know. But, but if, but the idea that the saucers are like flying around in not cloaked and all of that makes me think it's bigger than just the one city. It's everywhere. But, but the idea is like, she's special because her trauma is unique, but I'm like, there's a lot of people with way more trauma than that. Go listen to a true crime podcast. You guys, there's, yeah, there's so many people who are, you're going to, you're going to have to extend this leniency to very many people. A lot of people. Uh, unfortunately, many people have had just as bad of an experience as her or much worse, much worse. Yeah. And, and, and I guess they're, they're all fine. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I want to do a sequel where they're like, well, we, we have to possess somebody, okay? We can't just let everyone go, okay? I mean, guys, shit. What right, are we doing here? Right. Uh, we're, the, the, the aliens go to the corporate office and the, and the owner, the, the manager is there going, hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. You let 45,000 people go. <laughs> we're, we can't make these kind of exceptions, you guys. <laughs> Look, it, it's a hard and fast rule. <laughs> I said, you go down there, you possess. I didn't say- but boss, she, she killed her best friend. I don't give a fuck. I, look, this is a numbers game, Jamal. You you were sent to do a job. Glebor, now, do I have to get somebody else who could do that job? Because that's a different conversation. Gleeborg, how are your numbers? Excellent, sir. That's right. Now, Gleeborg wife, takes no prisoners. Well, Jamal. He takes prisoners. He doesn't leave people unpossessed. He, taking Correct. prisoners is literally Gleeborg's job. Yeah. As manager of prisoner taking. Right. Think about your children. They they rely on you to do your job. Yeah. And here you're not doing your job. You know what you are? You're a slacker. Yeah. You, you, this is- Plain this and is, simple. Right. Exactly. And this is not the first time we've had to reprimand you, Jamal. Like you, you have to take some accountability at this job. Do you want a promotion? <laughs> do, you, do you want to stay? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? You want your own ship? Yeah. Huh? Well, I- I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. You think I got here by making uh, making excuses and letting people go just because they had? Oh no! I killed my friend. Oh, you have what? a PhD in invasion, and you're working. You're working an entry level posi- position here, Jamal. Why don't you grow up? Why don't you grow up? <laughs> Your son Axnor would be ashamed of you, Jamal. And by that I mean my son Axnor. We both know I'm his real father. <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're getting personal, Jamal. Oh. Your numbers justify this becoming a personal beef between the two of us. And while we're at it, there are 14 <laughs> workplace allegations against you that you're rude in the mornings and you have bad breath. I've got a filing cabinet with your name on it, Jamal. Look, HR, th- this is not the first time your name has come across my desk. This is your HR third strike. Has been in here. <laughs> <laughs> now look, this is your second strike, but there will not be a third. Do I make myself clear? Now get out there and you go possess that girl and all the other ones that you let go. Go get them right now. Today. And I'm I'm just gonna say you have a type. It's a little <laughs> weird. It's a lot of 20-something girls that you're letting go here. Doesn't help with the allegations, Jamal. <laughs> It doesn't help paint a picture of you as a, as a wholesome, uh, career-focused <laughs> employee. It makes it seem like you're kind of in this for yourself. Do you, do you remember our company slogan? We, cr- we probe because we care. 
<laughs> oh. oh man! Look, so <laughs> I I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know. It's just the office. I I just want to see the office, but with all aliens. Yeah, like after a while, you watch the movie and you're just like, okay, I'm not sure what they're here to do. Like, yeah, okay, first we're here just to like break in this girl's house and like look at look at her look at her shit you know yeah 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 yeah. and then it's like okay do we want to hurt her and then are we hurting her are we coming after her because she killed one of us or were we you know what i mean like yeah it's just kind of unclear like what is causing what and i guess maybe that's thinking too hard but at a certain point you're like what do they want are they trying to kill her yeah Yeah. or are they trying to catch up to her yeah what what, what are they doing like at what point do they decide they're gonna put the little spiky koosh ball monster in her mouth and, yeah um why can she just pull it pull back it out? out yeah why couldn't Nobody someone else, else go like you know and I, I i guess traumatized people just go just inherently reject their reality and it's well, just like oh i'm happy this can't be real right. <laughs> it's yeah like, right, right, right. it's just like with uh, i mentioned this in in the um i mentioned this in, in my melancholia review mm. it's like it's, it's the, the idea being like that depressed people expect bad things to happen sure so if a crisis happens they're like all right it's all right you know they're not they don't panic like like other people who 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 try to control the situation you know sure so in this situation is that what it is 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 she just inherently distrustful or is she just like oh yeah but my friend is dead this can't be real at which point i'm going back to jamal being like jamal What's this illusion, man? Yeah. She, she 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 called bullshit immediately, Jamal. Immediately. What is your deal? Yeah, you put her you dead can't friend and made her right. seem like she's alive. Right. Hey, Jamal, why don't you just have her wake up and make another fucking dress, you idiot? <laughs> God, what's up with you? Is this your first simulation? You're right. Unbelievable. It, 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 Look, do I have to have Z-Bar retrain you? Because I will I will ask him to. It's going to be a long nanosecond space ride back to our home planet. And I hope you think about your performance during this this invasion because it's been <laughs> it's been piss poor. It has been abysmal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been eight tentacle thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, man. Well, so l- let me, let me, uh, here's the thing. So if the, if this is an allegory for, for trauma, which mm-hmm. I guess it is, sure, but it's, it's not a good one because <laughs> my thought is, okay, if, if it were me and I don't know, maybe this is more formulaic or maybe this is, you know, less interesting. I don't maybe know. Maybe it's formulaic, but is it clear? Because right. that, that would be better. Well, so, so my thought is, okay. Um, if she's traumatized and and she has this like lingering thing in the back of her mind that's holding her down and and basically attacking her every so often, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Then the aliens become a metaphor for her own mind, yeah. like her own sense of guilt, her own you know morality that's coming back up and you know biting her every so often. If if that's the case, then she needs to be the only one being attacked, right? Right, or at least the first. And, and it is something about her that draws the aliens to her um, or something about her situation or whatever that that makes them intrigued by her. And my thought was, OK, so the first alien that that attacked her was probably not looking to harm her, mm-hmm. but looking to 
talk to her or befriend her or study her or interview her. And when she killed him, then it became a problem. Yeah. Right. So now she's being, she she was not being hunted and now she is being hunted. But again, she's the only one. Right. And, And it's because she's, she's in, in this, she's traumatized, right? She has this thing that nobody else has. And so then as the story progresses, what you would expect is that it to be made clear that she now has to that by fighting these aliens, which are a, a manifestation of her trauma, mm-hmm. that then by fighting them, she is fighting against her own trauma. And I think they tried that because there's a section in the film where the aliens produce a clone of her. Yeah, I but. I don't guess they've done this for anyone else in this whole invasion. I'm not yeah, sure. If you can do that, then man, why are we? What's the point of of taking of possessing somebody if you can just recreate them perfectly to do your will? Which I I imagine is another corporate reprimand on the part of the aliens, where they're like, Steve, you're over promising. We can't let yeah. them know we we can make clones. They're just right. going to want everyone to make clones. They're going to wonder why we're possessing them, Steve. Exactly. It's really cool, but that's like a fourth quarter kind of thing <laughs> where we're like, "Hey, we're struggling. Let's 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 cut to the clones exactly. <laughs> before we lose exactly. them." You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> can't just go making clones right out of the gate. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> you got to save something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do the stockholders think? Um, Just and, giving away clones, making right. them for free. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, and then, and then during the course of that, where she is, you know, being chased by herself essentially. And then she, she overcomes herself and kills herself. Yeah. Um, or this, this alien version of herself. Um, that's supposed to be this like therapeutic moment for her where she's able to, finally kill this thing that's haunting her and become a new version of herself. Yeah. But I don't see it as that. It doesn't, it doesn't play as that. No, it doesn't. Part of that is because the clone thing pops up in one scene and is resolved one scene later. Yeah. There's no, she kills it. Yeah, exactly. And, and with relative, relatively little problem, like despite being stabbed even. Yeah. And like, this is this is a recurring thing. Like you said, is she seems overpowered for these aliens. Like the aliens don't seem to be able to fight her uh, very well. Um, and and then I think like keeping the aliens maybe not mysterious because like obviously you know there's not much like uh, horror to this whole thing anyway. But but having them be these things that we don't know what they can do and we don't know how they can do it. And we don't know how they're able to pop up where they're able to pop up. And we don't understand all of these things um, that, that would at least um, mirror a person's experience with trauma or anxiety or depression um, where the, it just kind of pops up and we don't really know what it's going to do this time but it's going to do something and it's going to mess with us and it's going to be a problem and we're going to have to overcome it. And instead, even the, the weird aliens, like the ones with the really long legs yeah. and the ones with the whatever, like the short ones, like they all kind of do the same thing. Like yeah. none of them really are different or scary in a unique way. Like as if the trauma is, or the depression or whatever is now evolving into something new, something more powerful, um, like you would expect. And then, and then by the end, 
if the thought is like, okay, she overcomes the trauma and now she's fine because she can live peacefully with her trauma. Right. Is that the idea? Like if the aliens represent the trauma, then I, I can now live among it right, right. And, and it not bring me down. If that's the thought, then I think two things. One, it's a rel- if, if you're reading it on the surface, it's a relatively uninteresting ending to the surface level problem of an alien invasion. And if you're reading it for the allegory of now I can live with my trauma, yeah. I think it's I think it's relatively uh, poorly communicated, um, and and I don't really understand why then she's like dancing at the end as if she doesn't have trauma anymore. Yeah, shouldn't she just be living with it? Like what, however that looks, you know, like, I don't know, like the aliens sometimes still attack, but that's okay. Like that's more on brand of I'm living with my trauma in a more healthy way. Sometimes it attacks, but I'm ready now. I'm always ready. And to me, I don't know. I'm just like, well, what happened to those people? Like in that situation, like then are those people even real people or are they just a man? Because to me that communicates you may live with your trauma, but your trauma has ruined the lives of everyone around you. Yeah. It's not, not a very positive message. And like a smile, a smile was a similar kind of thing where yeah. the, this, this, the horror element is a manifestation of trauma. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah. the movie ends in a way where you're like, Oh, are we going to like, are we going to sort of have her overcome this and say like, I, I, I can, I, I can live with what I've seen. I can overcome this struggle I'm facing. And then the movie yeah. goes, nope, you're fucked. Nope. And, yeah. and it's just, you, you'll never break the cycle. It's impossible. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's depressing. Um, yeah. And, but a, a, a movie that did do this well was the Babadook, the Babadook yes. spoilers for the Babadook. The Babadook ends with, you know, they don't defeat this monster. It just, they just, it just lives in their basement now. And she goes down yep. there to feed it and make sure it's okay and yep. placate it basically. Yep. And yep. at least that was a movie that said your grief uh, never really leaves. You just sort of, it just becomes manageable. Yes. Uh, and if you are going to make mental health a, the crux of your story, if you're writing allegory, that's the healthy way to resolve it. And that's also yeah. the way in which it's believable on the face level because yeah. like, okay, the Babadook represents grief, but it's still like a monster. So you, you, yeah. you want to make sure these people are okay. So you have to show that these people are fine feeding the Babadook. It just needs to be fed. It doesn't want to yeah, hurt us. It's right. just here. We've got it managed, you right. know, smile. The smiling people are creepy, but if I learn to live with them and I, and I learn that I can take steps to, to not be afraid of it, they can't actually harm me. Yeah, and I right. just learn to not be freaked out when I see them. Yeah. Like that would still scare the shit out of me, but like whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the thing to have done then in this alien movie would have been all my neighbors are fine. Yeah. <laughs> no one's possessed or, yeah. or whatever. And every now and then that ship shows up and, or there's an alien walking around my kitchen and I just yeah. have to spray it with water like a cat yeah. and make it go and go away right. And, right. and everything's fine. You know, I'm yeah, not I scared think, anymore. I, I think there's like a, uh, I could imagine a scene where she 
is freaked out about what's happening at her home. So she runs to a neighbor and the neighbor ends up dead by an alien. Mm -hmm. And she realizes like, oh, I just carried my trauma into this person's life Mm -hmm. and they got injured or or killed. And now I'm going to go back home and lure all the aliens back to my house away from everybody else so that it's only me. Mm -hmm. And then in in that climax, when she communicates with them or they, you know, probe her mind or whatever, then the idea, yeah, is like they're confined in some way to her home. Yeah. And and like we can fight you here or we can whatever, but like we're confined here. Or or you do the thing where like, you know, she you you cut to like six months later, she's rebuilt the house, you know, things are are fine again. Yeah. And, you know, suddenly one night another one shows up, but this time she like, you know, puts tape over her knuckles and grabs a bat and she's ready, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter, like bring it on. Right. right. And and fine, I'll just do this the rest of my life and have you come back in, you know, over and over and over for more, you know because you're mad about me and I'm mad about you and you know, you're going to come and like, that's to me, that makes way more sense thematically, but I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. It just, yeah. The, the ending here feels, um, incongruent with the theme and, and that's, it's a strange thing, but I guess it ends in a way that somebody was like, Oh, it's subversive and no one will see this coming. And that's true, but only because, it kind of doesn't make sense and it's kind of dumb. I, I, I think I just have issues with the messaging of the theme and then the lack of character arc. Like, I, I see what you're doing, right? She's overcoming the trauma in some way, but I don't think it's well done. And I don't think that it really tracks character wise because I don't think there was anything about these aliens that, that you know, made her believe that by overcoming them, she's overcoming her trauma. Like we see that because we're, we know how to read movies, but she, as the character in the film, I don't think would have any reason to, to feel like overcoming these aliens is going to help me overcome the other things. And, and speaking of the other things, I also thought that was a relatively lame, uh, bit of trauma. And I'm not saying that that wouldn't be traumatic, <laughs> but, yeah. but as off as much as they built up to it, yeah. I would have much preferred it to be a something that yeah. happened relatively recently Sure, when, because I think having it happen as a kid softens the blow because a, we know it was an accident and B right. it happened like at a time when you're not really fully you you know right. what I mean? But like, if this happened, like if Caitlin Deaver's character is 25 and this happened two years ago or, you know, whatever, even on the, like on my 21st birthday, I got drunk and right. got in a car wreck and she was in the passenger seat and died. Right. Right. Like that to me is way more like I made a choice, an adult made a choice and it caused the harm of somebody else. And because of that, I'm traumatized but having it be this like childhood mistake, I think was a mistake. Yeah. I think it was too <laughs> soft. I think that, I don't know if the idea was like, well, we don't want people to hate our main character, but yeah, I don't know. I would just didn't like that. They just let her go. Yeah. That was my main yeah. beef was like, oh, they just let her go. 
Yeah. And you, and, and again, ostensibly the only reason why is because, wow, this person suffered enough, you know, but yeah, as you said, like, it's such a soft event that you wonder like what happens to, like people who are like molested and like, you know, people who've, who've been beaten by their parents and stuff like that. Like that's, kind of worse like than, people who are who are victims and not perpetrators <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly like yeah what happens to all of harvey weinstein's victims yeah i'm not saying that vic that the perpetrators aren't also traumatized sometimes by their own actions right uh, once they realize the error of them but like yeah if the idea is that she's so like her life is so tr- so sad and depressing that the aliens themselves are depressed by it is there a roach Shit, hang on a second. Yep. exhilarating <laughs> there was a roach in my pantry and my wife wanted me to kill it and then we got it out and it started running and then I was, we were going like oh oh she's jumping around and i'm trying to like make sure it doesn't run anywhere and so i i, I stop it from running under a table and so as it starts running at my bare feet i was like oh and then it starts going in circles and it's the, the thing's going like oh shit oh shit oh shit <laughs> and i just slapped it with this with this you know sandal oh yep fun times man yeah I killed one last, so I'm watching this movie last night, by the way. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching like, you know, these, these aliens with these really long, like, you know, like Edgar Rice Burroughs legs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I hear something. I look up and there's, there's a fucking roach on my ceiling above me Oof. while I'm watching this movie. I was like, oh, and no. I just ignore it. I was like, I'm just gonna watch the movie. And then like, I get up to get some pretzels and I sit down and I'm watching the movie and he's gone. I'm just watching the movie. And then he just crawls out from behind my screen on the wall behind me here. And I was like, okay. And I had to get up and kill yeah. him. Yep. Jeez, man. <laughs> it was a 40 experience for me, this movie. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I don't know. I thought it was uh, just thematically inconsistent. I do. I mean, it, it, it was inconsistent. It's just trying to be too many movies at once. Like we're, we're, it should have just stayed with this character being the only one who was haunted as it were attacked. Yeah. Once you start bringing the other townspeople into it, they never talk. No one likes her. Um, and, and we've got them possessed and out to get her now. And yeah then that brings in other implications. Now I'm not thinking about the allegory. I'm thinking about shit. How many of these ships are there? You know, right, like where's right. the military? You know, I'm just thinking yeah, about yeah, yeah. stuff. Like I'm thinking about stuff that I probably not supposed to be thinking about. Yeah. It's just like, you see the sheriff and you're like, did that guy not even try to like pull his gun out and shoot, shoot something like, right. You know, not that this woman would have a gun, but it's like, I don't know. You live alone out in the country. You don't have a shotgun or something. Yeah. Just, I don't yeah. know. Just, 
Are, well, are you a pacifist it, now because you murdered your friend? <laughs> right. <laughs> but right. you murdered her with a rock. Do you, you there's rocks right. around? There's rocks, yeah. You get a shotgun. Um it's also funny that like so she's able to dispatch a few of these aliens with just pointy <laughs> objects. But yeah. That would mean that like guns are perfectly capable of I killing know. them. <laughs> Easily. So, so how did they ever get a, a foothold in a, in America? Well, in in a, in a in a small town too, like a rural. Yeah, it's not like a gun free zone. You know, it's not like yeah. Queensland or something. It's every cop would just be like, boom. Okay, yeah, that one. Boom. Yeah, done. Got you. Come on, that mailman's packing. Yeah, he's yeah for sure packing, packing literally. <laughs> he's got packages. <laughs> he's carrying packages around. <laughs> She's like, I'm, I'm, I'm a seamstress. I got a lot of scissors. Yeah, right. I got a pin cushion. <laughs> and well, and so like for a minute there, it's like, oh, is it gonna be like Home Alone? Because she like, she like puts yeah, the couch up and there. I was like, yeah. I thought maybe she was building traps, and I was like, oh no, she's not. No, no, that would be too fun. But they did have like a shot, like she sort of like takes a deep breath and then sort of like gets this resolve. And I, I yeah. literally thought of, this is it. Don't get scared now. <laughs> yes i thought of i thought of home alone as well and thought wouldn't it be great if one of these aliens just starts talking like joe pesci but i wouldn't it be great if if uh if the alien gets electrocuted and we briefly cut to a crude skeleton <laughs> it dressed up like an alien yeah <laughs> yes it's, it's more uh, fun to talk about it than it was to watch it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Which is, I think, half the reason we even do this show sometimes. It's yeah, like, yeah, yep, yep. It, it's, it's, it's good because it becomes material for, for our discussions. Otherwise, it yes. was like sort of a waste of time. <laughs> well, but this, this is what I always say is like, you can learn just as much from a bad movie as a good one. Yeah. And I'm not calling this a bad movie. No. I'm, I'm just saying like, it, it's it's definitely not as good as it could be. No. And so... um what I what I learned, what what I think anybody should learn from this is it doesn't matter if you have cool looking aliens, because I, I again, I like the grays. Yeah. Well, they're they're goofy, whatever. But I think that's cool. Um, but it doesn't matter if you have good aliens, good creatures, good shots, good even actors. Yeah. The thing that matters is, does your story tell something that needs to be told? And and if the answer is just it tells a story about a girl who fights aliens and says, get out of my house aliens um, without saying it. Yeah. And there's some vague sense of trauma. Well, then that doesn't really do anything. That's not, that's not actually saying anything. Yeah. And we've, we've said a million times, or I've said a million times on the show, survival is not a character arc. I was thinking about that while I watched that. I was, I, I was yeah. thinking about that during the movie. I don't know why she wants to live other than she wants to live. Yeah. And yeah. I know this is her house. And so she's going to instinctively defend it, but yeah. I also have no context for why this house is worth defending. Right. Was this your mother's house? Your late yeah. mother? Right. You know, like are, 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 are the aliens about to destroy something you and your friend built when you were kids? Like, yeah. Is there a tree house in the back that y'all built when you were kids that you could go hide in and yeah. feel safe in and have a little memory real quick? You know, like yeah, there's, yeah. there's no I, I get sentimentality in here uh, that that helps deepen character, and and that could have been achieved with some dialogue, right? Well, and you also, um, yeah, the way they the way they paint this character, there is no reason for her to keep living, and. Right. 
and she she seems to have nothing worth living for right um and and that i think is is a weird thing she seems um, almost too happy and too content at the beginning of the film uh, she's got a little business she's making dresses yeah, yeah. you know she drives the po- she 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 dresses up even though she works for shit man yeah. I, I i'm you're lucky if i if i wear pants but yeah, like right, this girl's right, exactly. like, what dress am I going to wear? I'm like, oh, where's she going? Up to my yeah. basement to make some dresses. I was like, yeah. Why would you? Why are you yeah, dressing up? Are Who are you trying that? to impress? And right. it's so, so this girl is this girl puts puts forth puts forth an effort. You know, takes pride in her appearance, likes her job, uh, makes her own hours, enjoys her little yeah. like leisurely. She has a nice, pleasant life. There's like no hint yeah. that she carries trauma for this thing. And yeah. so it just comes off like, I don't want to be abducted because I really like the stillness I have out here. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then like, it's almost like the, the invasion reminds her of the trauma that otherwise right. she was kind of living with because all she does is not going to town. She doesn't confront the girl's yeah. parents. Um, she just has to tolerate the mailman being a dick and yeah. that's about it. Well, I also have questions about the girl's parents. One, do they spit on her every time they see her? Because this is a small town. And this has been happening. This, this can't has be been the first like, time she's coming to town. Yeah, it's been a decade. You know, like yeah. you have to have run into him before. And and also because we know that she ran into him literally the day before. So presumably this happens daily. Okay. But yeah. also, um, wouldn't it have been, a, uh, at least in my mind, a little more interesting if the idea was somehow I need to prove to those parents that this was an accident and, yeah. and the reason for her persevering through this pain is I need to show, you know, Maud's mother yeah. that I'm not a terrible person. Yeah. And, and maybe it culminates in her saving Maud's mother in some way. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, okay. I've earned your, forgiveness you know or whatever and like I, i've redeemed myself in your eyes and that's what i was going for that was why i'm pushing to keep living but yeah i mean as it is you're right she seems perfectly happy until she's not and then it seems like she has no reason to live and so there's no goal that she's working towards that's what i mean survival is not a character arc her character arc should have been i have to clear my name it was an accident well like what if maud's parents like became the willing like subjects of the aliens and they're like whatever we'll help you just don't kill us and then like so part of what they do is they round up townspeople and then they especially round up bryn um yeah and and then Bryn convinces them, like, I'm so sorry. Like I she convinces yeah. them of her of her worth. And yeah. then that breaks their little like oh, like you know, throat monster yeah. hold. And the mom's like, She's not a bad person. And she pulls out her yeah. own little throat monster and she's like, Let's let's help her save everyone, you know. Yeah. And it would have yeah, been a well, little more cliche, but at least it would have been like, Oh, something has happened. She needed to happening. confront the parents. She needed to make amends. Yeah. And the parents yeah. needed to forgive her. And now that now that they can, we can move forward and actually overcome things. Yeah. Or or imagine the 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 mother, Maud's mother has the alien in the thing. Mm-hmm. And what she's seeing in her mind is she's with Maud and they're having a good day, yeah. you know, doing whatever. And then Maud starts speaking like it was an accident. I didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. It was an accident. I didn't mean to. And we cut back out of this 
fantasy world to find that it's Bryn who's saying these words mm-hmm. to her. Yeah. And it's her mind, Maud's mother's mind, that's putting that in Maud's mouth. Yeah. And so she's seeing Maud say, it was an accident. You know, I, I'm so sorry it was an accident. And when she comes out, when Bryn pulls the thing out of the mom's mouth or the mom pulls it out of her own mouth, yeah. then it's like, you know, a moment of like, you know, I'm going to hug you. I know it was an accident. You, Maud meant the world to you. She meant the world to me. Yeah. This is where dialogue is important. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, um, and let, let's, you know, kick these butts, you know, yeah. like, here we go, you know, and, and that's where Sigourney Weaver should have played that role. But like, <laughs> you, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know, man. There's, I think, I think you just, you, you solved it. Nothing happened. <laughs> no yeah you, you say you fall aliens but that doesn't mean anything yeah there's no arc and and that's the that's the problem i feel like sometimes too just like people think that just kind of like imagery in and of itself is uh is a good enough ending it's twilight mm-hmm. zone enough like yeah like they're like when you you know she's dancing everyone's still possessed but they're all dancing sounds like less silly on paper than it does in execution when you're telling people sure. like, all right, now smile like you're a fucking weirdo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you're like a Stepford wife. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, we're going to pan up and then just the saucers are just flying around the sky and it's this beautiful sunset and you're like, yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> what does, what does this, it mean? What does it mean though? Like, yeah. cause I'm sitting yeah. here like, was this the goal of the aliens? Let's invade. Yeah. Let's possess. 80% of the population yep. and then we'll just let them what we'll just police them. Yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah. How long are, how I got a question for you guys. How long are we going to be here? Right. Why are, right. 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 Can I go, when do we get to go home? I, yes. <laughs> how long yes. is this deployment? Right. Cause I thought we were going to like either conquer or kidnap these people and bring them home for study. Yep. You're telling me we're going to just going to kind of stay here and dance. I could have asked my wife. Right, right, exactly. When am I going to see my well, kids again? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Just stay here and dance? Yeah. What? What is this? A couple of weeks? Are we? Are we getting? Ha- are we getting like? Are we getting hazard pay? <laughs> right, exactly. What is this? Meals? Right. Do we get a per diem? <laughs> yep. Right. We're we going to Mickey D's. Right. N- Nelson got stabbed in the head with a church. We need to. He needs medical attention. We we need to unionize. We've got. <laughs> We have we have the technology to resurrect him, but we can't do it here on the ship. We have to go home. Right. Doesn't yep. everyone just forget about this? Right. Our friend got stabbed. Yeah, Nelson's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he's over uh. he's right over there. <laughs> oh, oh you've 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 put laundry on him. You can't even see him. That's why you don't know. Yeah. You're putting laundry on him. You guys, this man is dead. <laughs> <laughs> he was a groomsman in my wedding. He's literally swept under a rug. <laughs> get this off, get the rug off of him. <laughs> Nelson's the godfather of my fourth child. This isn't what we do. No one cares this, about Nelson. This isn't who we are. <laughs> we, we've lost sight of ourselves. <laughs> I don't know if we need more or less of those corporate retreats we do before these things. <laughs> but we need something. Something's got to change. Something. And I hope you're going to do right by Nelson's family because they're out there like they don't know. We either resurrect them or they're going to expect reparations. And that's it. 
That's exactly right. I feel like we've taken a huge hit financially on this invasion as it is. I I know you're I know we had life insurance. That's great. But that that, look, that does not that's not good. Doesn't even let a man die. You you put him in harm's way. I don't think our hands are clean in this. (laughs) We sent him in there by himself. There's supposed to be two of us. There, there are 18.6 trillion of us, and you sent one into that house. That's on you. <laughs> you say we're understaffed. That's that's a poor allocation of resources. That's not understaffed. If we're understaffed, we, we don't go in. We wait till we have the numbers. But we, we don't, this isn't about, it's all about results, right? You've got six million on toilet duty. I mean, I'm, I, they need to be out there on the front lines. We can clean up after ourselves in the toilet. We're adults. If we it. can't clean up after ourselves in the toilet, we have a problem. You know what? These humans are more more advanced than we are. If we if we just can't wipe, I'm going to report this. You guys just you guys just wait. Just just wait right there, Bucko. I've got an email ready to rock and roll. You know what? I'm going to CC you on this because you you have got to hear. You're all going to hear, you're all going to hear from HR. Oh, oh, and his out of office reply is on. Of course it is. Well, he's going to see it when he gets back. And when he does, after he catches up on the other emails that uh, that I've sent, he's, this something's going to be done about this. To whom it may concern. (laughs) Yeah, it concerns me. Concerns me. to, To whom it may concern. I'm very concerned. Jibor will be out of office for the next 14 millennia while we invade planet Earth. Mm-hmm. If you need assistance immediately, contact Fleba. She's, y- you know what? She's not very good at her job. I am contacting Fleba. I'll contact you, her anyway, but I don't expect results. No, she, look, to be fair, to be fair, her mom's in assisted living. Her dad passed away last year. She's got a lot on her plate. She's got 17,000 kids. I get it. That's a lot of tiny mouths to feed. I'll cut her a little slack, Fleba, but not all, not all the slack. You got to do your job. Or, you you got to do your job. Yeah. And, and I'm just look, trying to do mine. Look, she's, she's used up all the FMLA she's going to get. This is not great. We just need to do things the right way. We have to do this by the book. I don't think you've read the handbook lately, but <laughs> let me let me bring this out because you just you need to see chapter 17, um, article seven, I believe it was. Oh, it's, no, wait, that's the dress code. No clothes, no clothes shall be worn at any time. I got it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> must always be nude. Must always be nude. That's another thing. We're not nude normally. We're just nude when we invade <laughs> other planets. What the fuck is this? That's a power move. Come on. I'm uncomfortable right now. I've seen too many of my coworkers nude. People are going to think we do this all the time. It's outrageous. Part of the reason I wanted to invade planet Earth is the outlets. And you're telling me I have to be nude on the clock. We've invented interstellar travel. (laughs) Of course we have pants. I know. And we should be wearing them. We should be wearing pants. In fact, this is going to be the first first step of the Union platform. (laughs) Please, everyone needs to wear clothes. Let us wear pants. (laughs) let us wear pants let us wear pants (laughs) and we're all bald we're not naturally bald i want to grow my hair out i have soul patch normally and it's pretty pretty (laughs) awesome chicks dig it (laughs) you make me cover up my tattoos (laughs) 
I feel, I feel, I feel othered. Like I can't be an individual. I've got a really great Bon Jovi tattoo and you won't let me show it off. It says living on a prayer. But the prayer is, is a, is a six digit cupped hands. And, um, (laughs) and the prayer is also the name of my spaceship, which I live on. So I have a tattoo of Jesus Christ for some reason. Yes. (laughs) And Kurt Russell. I don't even know what that's about. I don't remember getting that one, but you know what? I don't regret it. I think that was Tim's bachelor party. I got the Kurt Russell. No, 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 no. You're confused. It was the research we had to do for this invasion. We were, we were tasked with watching all earth movies related to alien invasions. It was like, uh, it was that game film. So we could see how they might react to our presence. Kurt Russell was in several of them. That's where we learned not to shapeshift or we'd be set on fire all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Not to turn into dogs. And that's where we discovered the greatness of Wilford Brimley. That explains my diabetes tattoo. (laughs) That also explains why we were forbidden from growing mustaches. Because we all had them at the same you know, time. Uh, you know, our, our, our standard operating procedure really is, uh, I'm seeing now it's been based completely on films by humans. And I got to say this. I hope you trim this down. Cause that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of nonsense that we just gave the audience. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> okay. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, all right. Uh, all right, everyone. Well, if you've right, listened everybody. this far, you're a true fan. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're a trooper, a true believer, a troop, a, yeah. a true, true hooper, a true hooper, a true hooper, true hooper. Well, that's it. Bye. Bye. Bye.